In a world full of noise and confusion, it's hard to focus on what's really important. In a culture where religion has become a grab bag of ideas, the precision of language is necessary for the proclamation of truth. This podcast is dedicated to that type of precision. For years, I listened to many sources and suggestions and well-meaning people. But now the questions that we have before us need to be answered by Scripture. We live in a day when philosophy has become more important than truth. Even those who are supposedly preaching the gospel of grace seem to be guilty of just being another noise amidst the fodder of temporality. I'm not sure what we'll talk about each day in this podcast, but you can rest assured that as our thoughts and questions continue, we will search the scriptures in order to know the truth. So let's get started. Are you listening? Good day and thank you for listening to the podcast today. Today our subject is going to be suffering. Now suffering is not something that many of us want to talk about, and much less experience. But if you think about suffering from a biblical position, you'll understand that the Bible says that suffering in the life of the believer is actually a gift. Now, I want you to contemplate that for just a moment. <laughs> is the suffering that you're going through right now or have experienced in the past, is it really something you look at as a precious gift from God? Of course, James teaches us that all good things are from above. So that means that all good things are from God. The Bible then will go on to tell us that God, in Paul's writing to the Romans in chapter 8, does causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So this all things and these things from above are inclusive of suffering. As a matter of fact, Paul embraced his suffering in such a way that he would say that to live is Christ and to die is far better. He would say that the suffering that he had in his body was for the sake of the church, that is, the elect of God, those for whom Christ had died, and were trusting and believing in his finished work. Suffering, though, is very, very often relegated to the work of the devil. And quite honestly, we need to be very careful about saying that what the Lord is doing is the devil's work. After all, is not that the very sin of the Pharisees we find in the Gospels, where they blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Now, I won't get into the nuts and bolts of that because it's really much a, uh, depending on how you look at it. But I'm just saying we better be careful what we say is and is not the work of God and what is and is not the work of the devil. But back to suffering. Paul would tell the church of Colossae that I pray that I may fill up what is lacking in the suffering of Christ, in my suffering, in my body, in my afflictions. Now, it's really strange because nothing's lacking in the suffering of Christ. However, we don't see Christ, just like Peter would say in his first chapter of his first epistle, that we don't see him, but we love him. We don't now see him, but we love him with a love and that, that, that we hardly understand, and we have a joy that is hardly able to be expressed that's given to us by God, for he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Christ is alive, and because he suffered in our place, we too also are dead in Christ, and then we are at the same time alive in Christ, and if we are alive in Christ, who is the suffering Messiah, then we are also going to suffer in his name. Now, persecution comes from many directions. It can come from without, it can come from within, it can come from one's own mind. But in the end, persecution and suffering sometimes are not hand in hand. Surely, all persecution is suffering, but not all suffering is persecution. And in the little bit of time we have left, I want to focus on that for just a moment. I want you to consider the suffering of your life. Maybe it's a bad report from the doctor. 
Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a very tedious relationship at home. Maybe it's a marriage that never seems to find joy. Maybe it's parents that don't love you, or maybe it's children that don't obey you, or maybe it's just something you cannot shake because of the way you feel or think. Let me ask you this question. Would you consider these things a blessing? Just recently, I was speaking with a brother and sister in Christ, and I made the comment that this tragedy that we had all currently experienced was a great blessing. I chuckled under my breath as I said that, as tears filled my eyes, and I thought, how stupid does that sound? How ridiculous is it to hear that what we just experienced, most tragic, was a blessing to us? (laughs) But why is it a blessing? Well, it's a blessing because we know that there is no power in our in our flesh. There is no strength. There is no resolution in our mind to be able to go and say, Oh, wow, I am strong for, as the Scripture would show us, as Paul would say, in my weakness, he is strong. Beloved, our suffering prepares us and presents us the opportunity to establish with our hearts and our minds and our soul our love for Christ who is our sovereign Savior and who is our strength and who is our wisdom and who gives us that extremely perfect beyond all understanding peace that the world looks at and says we are crazy. Friends, when I say that suffering is a blessing, I'm not speaking of the actual experience of pain I'm talking about that which is superlative to the pain, which is glorious beyond all glories, which is absolutely perfect in everything that it intends to do, and that is that we can sit in a supernatural position, justified before the Lord because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, and that faith itself has been given to us by God the Father through the Holy Spirit by the hearing of the words of Christ. So the next time you think of your suffering... I want you to consider it a blessing. I want you to consider what it means to be patient as I teach my four-year-old that patience is waiting without complaining. And today I added this component. And while we await, we also rejoice. I pray you would rejoice in the Lord this day. Think of these things. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next time, God bless.